All right, we are in the Gospel of Matthew, and we are in chapter 11, and I am bound and determined to get through chapter 11, uh, so that we can move this series up. No, you can ask the questions you want, but uh, we're, <laughs> we're here for a while, right? No, that's all right. So, uh, this chapter is an important chapter in that it addresses some things related to what's been talked about in chapter 10, the persecution of those who follow the Lord. But it's also uh, a little bit of an understanding of the times and specifically addresses John the Baptist in that context. So in chapter 11, verse 1, it says, When Jesus had finished giving instructions to the twelve disciples, he departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John, while imprisoned, heard of the works of, of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? And Jesus answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who does not take offense. I'm going to stop right there. This is really, for me, a fascinating text. John is, uh, has baptized Jesus. They are relatives. Uh, so he's, he's aware. He's got to be aware in some sense of what's being said about Jesus. And now John is thrown in prison. And he knows that he must decrease and the Lord will increase. But he is hearing about what Jesus is doing. And he sends his disciples to clarify what's going on. Uh, it's really important for us to understand that those who were actually part of what God was doing often didn't understand what was going on. Now, if those who are directly a part of what God's doing don't understand what's going on, you can be certain that the rest of us are going to be confused as well. So be careful about the people who are very certain about what's going on biblically at some given time. And you'll see that throughout this chapter. Now, what happens is when the people come, they actually come publicly to Jesus and ask what John has said. This will be important because people thought of John as a major prophet, and so John's now in prison, what is going on, and this delegation from John comes where Jesus is and says, are you the one who's to come, or are we expecting another? The scriptures are very, very clear that the Messiah is coming but some of them talk about him dying, and some of them talk about him ruling and reigning. Is there two messiahs? What's going on here is part of John's question. So Jesus gives John an answer that you would imagine uh, might make people think uh, Jesus is being cryptic, but he's not at all. He is directly answering John's question. So he says to them, go and report to John what you hear and see, that the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear and the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. What Jesus does is he quotes from Isaiah 
that which is part of the Messiah's doing. And John, you know, is the one when they asked him who he was, he said, I'm the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, make way the way of the Lord. And so John is based, his ministry is based in the book of Isaiah. I call Isaiah the gospel because it is in the book of Isaiah that the word good news is first used in this sense. And it's in reference to both the suffering servant and the kingdom to come. And so we get kind of this mixed thing. And what what John hears from Jesus is, I am manifesting the kingdom, even though it looks like things are not going the right direction. There is the suffering part, and there is the glory part, that I am manifesting that glory part, though my trail is in the suffering servant process. So, he then says, Blessed is he who does not take offense at me. In other words, if you don't understand and you go, I don't get this, something's wrong, and you leave, you're going to walk away from the blessing of what's going on. So I'm going to stop at that point, see if there are any questions. All right, so the, the question is, what exactly is the nature of the relationship of Jesus and John? Is it a close one? Is it a family structure? Now, John, remember, John's ministry is very unique. Not completely unique because uh, others have done this before. But John was supposed to grow up and be a priest. His father, Zacharias, was a priest. Remember, he was in the temple, in the holy place, when he was told that John was going to be born. But John is not operating as a priest. He's operating as a prophet. So, John is probably not spending a lot of time once his ministry starts with the family. So they may have known each other earlier, but at this point, John's ministry is operating pretty much, I think, to separate him from others. As we will see, once Jesus' ministry is fully operational, his mother and his brothers come and say, hey, you're spending too much time, come with us. That's when Jesus says, who is my mother and my brother and my sisters? Those who hear the word of God and keep it. So I think that John's ministry is probably keeping him somewhat separated and isolated from those things. That's why he knows that from a child, but he doesn't know what's going on at the present time. Um, so, uh, let, any other questions on that? Yeah. Okay, I'll, so the question is about, Jesus was born of a woman, so uh, is John elevated higher than Jesus? I, I don't believe that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is, uh, is making a statement. First of all, Jesus, yes, born of a woman, but pre-existing, Right? So, uh, in terms of human beings that are just human beings, John is seen as the greatest in that sense. So, uh, other questions with the Elijah passage. Okay, remember they asked John if he was Elijah, and he said no. And Jesus said, John is Elijah. No, Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, if you can receive it, John is Elijah. In other words, if you hear the message of John, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and one is coming after 
who will tell you. And if you can do that, then John is Elijah and I am the son of David, Messiah. But you can't receive that because your sins and your struggle keeps you from that. So I'm coming not as son of David, but as the son of Joseph to die for your sins. I've got, what the law cannot do weak through the flesh, God is going to do through his son. In other words, they can't receive it. Remember at the, the, what we call Palm Sunday. They're all waiting. Hosanna, save us now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, son of David. And then a few days later, they're rejecting him. Crucify him. So they can't receive it. But they, he's saying the pattern is there. He's preparing the way. You're not prepared. I'm going to have to prepare you. And so my, the suffering servant is the Lord preparing uh, a people who when he returns will be ready for him. Right? Which is what we're supposed to be doing now. So let me do the end. So now Jesus in that context. You ready for the con? Here's the invitation. This is Jesus' invitation. And I think this is his invitation to us as well. He starts with a prayer. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You're not going to bring the kingdom of God onto earth. He is. And he says, come to me if you want that kingdom. Come to me and await my return. Come to me and begin to live by those kingdom principles if you get it. But who gets it? Not the high and mighty. The high and mighty are still trying to fix this world. It's the lowly. So what does Paul say? Brethren, consider your calling. Look around. Not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the weak things. And the base things. And the things that are nothing. To bring to nothing the things that think they are. That no flesh should boast in God's presence. Wow. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord. And he will exalt you in due time. Okay? I'm not impressed with the hot shots of religion down through the history. Most of the ones in the scripture were not high. We think of them as high and mighty, but they didn't even know half the time what was going on. We need to understand that God 
reveals the truth of what he's doing to people who, if they say, here's what God's doing, everybody will go, what do you know? Right? Because they're listening to the hot shots. And they're listening to the people who have the big stuff going on. And that's what's going That is not how it works. God reveals it to his little humble children. That's why if you want to know what God's doing, you want to humble yourself and read the word with humility. Read the word with carefulness. Read the word with grace. And you will begin to see. You'll notice patterns in life. And you'll go, oh, God's active. He's doing things. But he's usually not doing things in the major areas of the world. That's, that's humanity doing it. That's humanity trying to change the world for the better. God is not going to change the world. He's going to resurrect and create the kingdom to come. And then when he's done with that, he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And he doesn't need our help. Our job is to hear him and trust him. So it's we're the little kid whose dad, we say, what are you doing, dad? I'm making a place for you and mom and everybody to live better. And uh, I'm, I'm doing this. What do you want me to do? I want you to trust me, son. I want you to trust me, little girl, because I'm going to do this. So you do what I tell you to do. I'll take care of this. Right? Can I help? Actually, you can. Maybe you can. But when, you ask, when he asks you for help, you're going to go, I, I can't do that. Because he's not going to take the one who says, I can do it. He's going to take the humble and reveal to them. So I think this is really a critical chapter for us to get an attitude adjustment about the things that God's doing. So let's, uh, let's pray and we'll ring the bell and 